You're listening to the Q's Podcast, Episode 73. Well, hey there. Welcome back to another episode of the Q's Podcast. I'm your host, James Lenz, Q's Professional Development Manager. And as always, I'm thrilled that you're joining in today. If this is your first time you're joining us, thank you. This is the place where we connect you with credit union industry leaders as well as cross-industry experts for a wide range of perspectives on trends and topics relevant to you. Today, we have double the fun as we have two very special guests that will be joining us, Didi and Peter Myers. DDJ Myers is a Q Solutions provider for succession planning, executive recruitment, and leadership coaching. Didi, Peter, and their company are all about advancing leadership success. This episode will focus on how to smash a CEO interview. Dee Dee Myers, PhD, is the founder and CEO of DDJ Myers. She's known for being a thought and practice leader in the field of transformative change and organizational evolution for people and organizations. Her work with boards, executive teams, and staff inspire organizations to adopt evolutionary yet pragmatic communication and behavioral practices that add sustainable and intrinsic value. Didi is widely known for evolutionary strategic planning, deep-seated succession planning from the emerging leader through the board level, generative board practices, and advancing leadership presence and execution so that individuals, teams, and organizations can access untapped potential. Our other guest, Peter Myers, serves as the Senior Vice President of DDJ Myers. Peter leads teams and individuals in moving forward in their organizational goals through recruitment, retention, strategic planning, succession planning, organizational and board assessment, and executive leadership coaching. On a daily basis, Peter works with senior management teams and boards in the financial services industry to build and further develop their leadership and strategic teams by bringing out the true power with themselves and integrating it into professional and business world. Some highlights from the interview include what exactly happens in a CEO interview? How can you best prepare? What's the interaction like? What's the recruiter's job during the interview? And should you do a presentation or just prepare for a conversation? All right, Q's Podcast Nation. Here's my interview with Didi and Peter Myers. Hello, Peter. Hello, Didi. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, James. Appreciate it. Now, as an effort for our listeners to get to know our guests a little bit more, I often ask my guests if they have a mantra or success quote that they live by professionally. Do you have one that you could share with our listeners? That's a great question. Yeah, one of the things that we teach and and I live by myself is to the degree in which I hold myself accountable, it directly informs my personal empowerment. In other words, if I don't hold myself accountable, then I really am disempowering myself. The other side of that is I hold myself accountable to the highest degree. There is a lot of empowerment there. So that's a mantra that I have. That's a good one. Thank you for sharing. Sure. Didi, do you have one? Sure, James. My, my way of organizing is to create success from the client's perspective and then some. So organizing everything, every action, everything we do, every conversation to create success. Excellent. Thank you for sharing, Didi. Now, we've met so often and our members are very familiar with you, but maybe our members don't know everything that you offer or for listeners, we have listeners all over the world uh, listening to the Q's podcast. Could you please share with our listeners what kind of expertise can you offer in the credit union space 
What are your services? Who do you serve in credit unions? First, I'll, I'll, I'll take it off here is that we really enjoy what we do, and, and that's probably one of the biggest pieces of feedback that we get is, wow, you're passionate about your job because we're, we're people helping people, right? The part of the credit union mantra. The different kinds of expertise that we offer, three major categories. First and foremost, Didi started our organization 30 years ago as an executive search firm. So we work with credit unions, CEO searches, C-level searches, special niche searches, et cetera. So we do that. Secondly, we have a professional development session planning offer, working with executive teams and boards to get their expertise and competencies up to a level that is going to help them satisfy their strategic initiatives and vision. And then lastly, we work with organizations, boards, executive teams to help them through rigorous and uh, very futuristic but also pragmatic and compelling strategic planning process. Those are the three major things that we both go around the country as well as the rest of our team supporting credit unions. Uh, board governance is one as well. I like how you started people helping people. That's what it's about. And that's what this episode is about. We've had all sorts of topics, uh, all been personally very exciting for me. But this topic, also exciting, we have not had one like this. And listeners heard about the the preface of this in the intro. But uh, what about this? Let's say I'm ready to go out there and become a CEO. I've got a wealth of experience and am ready to take my professional career to a whole new level. I mean, I've gone through QCEO Institute. I've got my foot in the door with the organization, and I've just learned that I've been selected for an in-person interview. What exactly happens in a CEO interview? Didi? Very exciting. There's a lot of things that happen and a lot of things that shouldn't happen, but to get that news that you were selected to participate in an in-person interview means you've done a lot of work and that you're you're ready, you know, to step in front of a board. So, uh, what should happen in an interview? The best way I counsel candidates is to remember that the objective of the first interview, because often there are second rounds, but the objective of the first round interview is to get to the second round interview. It's not to get the job. It's to get through the gate. And in that, they need to be highly attuned and paying attention to the energy in the room, what's being asked, what's not being asked, and how they connect with each of the board members. Connection is really important. The candidate needs to create a deep sense of connection that produces the assessment that he or she, as a candidate, will work really well with the board of directors. To get into the interview, you were selected because of your expertise, your knowledge, your education, your reputation. Now it's all about can we connect and do great things together. Most boards that we work with, James, want to be inspired by the candidate, want to know that the candidate has a vision for their organization or can create a compelling vision, are adept at strategic thinking and really strong in strategic execution. And all that needs to come through during the interview and how they answer the questions. Lastly, I just want to reiterate the candidate needs to connect both individually with each board member and also with the whole entity of the board. So this is where your fine-tuned listening and embodied sense of wisdom is to understand, am I connecting with her, with him, with him, and how am I doing that? Is anybody slipping away? How can I bring them back and stay attentive? 
So those are just some of the things, James. There's a lot more, but I'll pause and, and give it back to you. That's a great setup, Didi. Thank you. Peter, how can I best prepare? Yeah, so Didi set it up quite nicely, right? It's a really rich conversation, and one of the flows is you have to better understand Hey, who are the, what is the organization? In order to prepare yourself for this conversation, who is the organization? Do your research. A lot of times we have candidates that say, oh, yeah, I've looked at their call report. And when they say that statement, most often what they're implying is that they've looked at the most recent call report. So they have an understanding of the current state. But what they're lacking or what really high potential, high caliber candidates do is research. They paint a picture of where the organization, balance sheet wise or operations, branch openings, those kinds of things, where they have come from leading up to the current state. So it's much more than just looking at a snapshot in time. Other ways to prepare, you leverage the relationship and the access that you have with your executive search partner, your recruiter, the one that is chatting with you about the organization. It is really informative to us in our profession, the level or rigor of questions that come from those individuals Tell us about the board. What are their practices? What are, what are the hot buttons? What are, you know, so ask questions, leverage that relationship with your recruiter. Get to know their governance model, right? How do they play out from a governance standpoint? And there's a difference between the governance model that's on paper and the governance model that's actually in practice. If I understand those kinds of variables, what that allows for is for me to have a strong understanding of the historic context that will greatly inform where I believe, as the potential CEO, I can lead this organization in the future. Not me, myself, right, but I, as the CEO, leading, spearheading, etc. So in order to prepare, James, you have to have a vision. You have to have a vision for the organization. And I'm not talking about something that's great for the website, like, financial health of our members, which is great, and a lot of credit unions have that on the website. But really, based on, you know, what we have here, et cetera, we can take it to this kind of level, right? Mm-hmm. Um, lastly, and this is this is often, often forgot, have some questions. Have some questions that you want to query the board with about the organization. What's their appetite? What are they afraid of? And these are open-ended questions. These are not closed-ended questions where I'm asking very simple things like, do you want to grow? Or are you okay with commercial lending? Those aren't strategic, long-term. We want to have some really difficult questions that maybe maybe the board doesn't, off the top of their head, they can't answer, right? they they got to think about it. they got to talk about it as a board. So those are some of the elements about how you can prepare for, for an interview. I love that. Very clear. That's a, that's a big homework assignment. So preparation, leveraging your partnering search firm and making use of those resources. So there's a lot to do there. Didi, what is the interaction? What does that look like? Mm, yeah, very good. Very good. So uh, walking in the door, take a breath. You're going to walk around, shake everybody's hands. You're going to know who they are ahead of time because you've studied their bios. You know their pictures. 
and then you take the seat at the head of the table. Your search consultant should have you know water there for you, paper, pencil, get you all set up. Or if there is a presentation, but James, mostly we might do that in the second round, all that technology will be taken care of. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying here is everything is set for you to go in and be the best CEO candidate for this board. What will happen is, and I'll talk from our perspective here, James, is that we've worked a pre-interview with the board to come up with a list of questions that have been deeply vetted. So there's standard questions for uh, all, all candidates, and there might be some special ones for each candidate based upon uh, their unique experience. So typically what we say is uh, the chair is going to start it. And the chair typically in our interview sits directly across from the candidate, welcomes him or her, and says, you know, tell us about you. We we ask our boards to ask um, a soft question to begin with. Let everybody start breathing into this whole dialogue. And, you know, tell us about yourself. And in this case, you have a choice to make. Do you talk just about your role? Do you talk about your role and your personal life? Do you add in your community work? So you have a decision point to make here who you want to represent, just your work person or your whole person. Uh, And I think that's an important distinction there or decision to make. Most of our boards will decide ahead of time which board member is asking a question or a set of questions based upon vision, based on strategy, based upon leadership style, based upon org structure, based upon industry trends. So there'll be buckets of different types of questions here with maybe one, two, or three questions in each of the buckets, James. So it's important to answer the questions, very important to answer the questions. And I also counsel or coach our candidates, it's okay to have a bit of two-way dialogue. It's okay to ask a question back or uh, during the interview. So you can pull some strings there, pull some threads, and ask some questions back. But be mindful that you don't want to be appearing to be interviewing the board you want to show that you can have a conversation. Typically, first-round interviews for us are at least 90 minutes. About 20 minutes before the end of that session, the chair will turn it over to you, and as Peter set up, you've got to have some questions. And it's perfectly fine to take notes during the interview. Uh, You might want to use shorthand notes because you're going to have five, seven, or nine people watching you take notes. So be careful about how much time you take to take notes But if it's time to ask questions, yes, you can have a couple pages of questions. And in that moment, it's it's a choice point. Which questions do you ask that will help you highlight what your strengths and capabilities are that you believe this board will want to hear? So you have a choice point there. And there's ways of figuring that out that we coach our candidates on to be mindful of during that. Be, Be aware of the time. Don't go over without permission. So five to seven minutes before the end of the interview, if a board member asks you a question that's going to create a lot of dialogue, you need to ask permission to go over. But typically, you should finish a couple minutes before the end of your 90 minutes. And you can say, hey, I know uh, there's a lot more to talk about. Wish we had more time. I'm going to respect your time here. And I'm complete here as I can be complete in the first round. I hope to come back. And you go into expressing your gratitude and why you're interested in the role. Uh, Going back to the beginning of the interaction of the interview, I really appreciate it when candidates start out by saying, thank you for your volunteerism, thank you for your time, because this is a lot of work. There's many, many, many hours that go into this work on the board's perspective before you walk in the door as a, a candidate. 
so I'll pause there. There's more, but those are those are the key things. Walk in with a breath, uh, have some two-way dialogue, create a sense of connection, and answer the question. And Didi, you said something earlier in terms of you know the the job is not to get the job in that first interview. It's to you know build an appetite and interest to get to the next interview, right? right. So when people ask the bo- a board will board member will ask a question, and we only got five minutes left. One of the notions that people can feel is, well, I want to answer that question. They asked it, but, well, why don't I just say, you know, you know James, that's a great question, but, you know, I, I, here's, here's the thought. You know, let's take that into the next dialogue as we move forward, right? So you're managing and facilitating that dialogue under a certain kind of pressure. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that, Peter. I like that. So if I am listening to this episode and I am considering being a CEO for a credit union, or in that process now, what you're doing is slowing things down for me. You're providing really great perspective, great ideas. Now, let's transition here a bit. What You shared a little bit, Didi, with me about the recruiter's job during the interview, and, and maybe you shared what, what things prior to leading up to the interview to help that candidate in the interview process. But what is the recruiter's job during the interview? Right. Absolutely. So I, I like to reframe recruiter to search consultant because especially with CEO searches today, uh, we're really working with boards to create an environment where the organizational is successful versus just here's a candidate or slate of candidates, James, and, and pick the best one and move on. So every moment in the interview, the search consultant is is responsible for creating success for both the organization and for the candidate. We want to make sure that they're making the right decision. And what our job is, is to help the board see that these candidates are awesome. And we love it, especially if they interview five and they go, any any of the five could do the job. Here's our order of priority. We want success. We want it to be a hard decision for the board. We go in and we state that up front, James. We want this to be a tough decision. We want to make sure you've got the best of the best to choose from. And during the interview, our job is to make sure that we're easing the anxiety of the board. So we do spend a lot of time with the board before we walk in the door. We want to make sure that questions are asked in the right way and the right questions are asked. We want to make sure that the board is staying safe and legal not asking questions that are inappropriate or could get them into trouble down the road. We want to make sure that the candidate has an opportunity to highlight his or her experience in a, a relevant manner that gets them through the gate and get, and they receive an invitation to come back for second round. We keep track of time. I typically sit next to the chair, and if we're going off in a great way, but we got to manage time, I typically will write a note to the chair and say, hey, let's watch the time. And it's their decision, James, if they want to go over or not. As a search consultant, if I think a secondary question needs to be asked, I typically just write it down on an index card and give it to the chair, and she or he has a choice point to ask that or not. We're quiet. We're really quiet unless something really needs to be clarified. I might say something one in ten times very briefly, James, but our job is to let the board and the candidate get to know each other. We do take a lot of notes. We take a lot of notes that will help with the onboarding post the hire. So we also offer an onboarding program and an offboarding program for the legacy CEO. 
So if the candidate in the interview makes a promise or says this is the direction I'm going to take, we have it recorded and we embed that into the onboarding so we're all in integrity here. So those are some of the things that we do. And then lastly is in the debrief, after the candidate leaves, we're able to clarify any questions, make notes of follow-up questions the board has, and address any concerns. We leave at least 30 minutes between candidate one and candidate two and subsequent candidate candidates. So the board has a chance to debrief. They can shift if they need to. They can heighten their success by maybe rearranging questions. And then they get a bit of a break. So we don't want to pile candidate upon candidate. We want the board to be able to breathe into this, have the space that they need so they can complete with candidate one and then prepare for candidate two and revisit the candidate two packet before that candidate walks into the door. So those are some things that we're doing behind the scenes in the interview as a search consultant. Clear message, Didi. I certainly get a good understanding of the role and importance and value of the recruiter. Now, for you, Peter, should I, as an individual who has an interview, be prepared to do a presentation or just prepare for a conversation? That's a great uh, question. You know, and Didi said earlier, you know, sometimes we, we do the presentation in the second and sometimes in the first. You know, one of the things that Didi taught me a long time ago is always have something ready to present. Always have some vision that you can paint a picture for them uh, in person. So even if we're not going to have the projector and PowerPoint set up, that does not prevent me or preclude me from having something that I can put down in front of the board and say, hey, look at this. Here's, here's some things that I'm thinking about. So I would say be ready. I mean, you know, it's a demonstration of who you are, that interview, that pressure situation. Uh, the best of you, James, is going to come out. And so the more you put some intentionality behind that that picture, that person that shows up, I would say you can do it. But also it's going to be a conversation. You know, I, I think probably the presentation aspect, probably the one thing I want the listeners to know is uh, you got to prepare and, and practice that presentation. It's be intimately familiar with their slide deck. In other words, if I am doing a presentation and I'm flipping through the content, I'm not looking at the slides as I'm presenting. I'm looking at you, the board, as I'm presenting. The slides are supplemental, right? So I can do the presentation without the slides. Because what if, what if the projector breaks? What if the computer breaks? What if the clicker runs out of batteries, right? You've got to be ready to present some conversation. So maybe a different way that we can think about it is, you know, as a presentation or a conversation, be ready to present a conversation. Can I add something there, Peter? Yeah. What we've been doing recently in interviews is, especially second round interviews, is uh, telling candidate, here's a question to ask. And we vet that question with the board ahead of time. They help co-construct it. And we say, you have 10, max 15 minutes to discuss mm -hmm. this question. But we also tell the candidates, you know, here, here's the deal. If you're going to present and not have any questions, you'll be done in 10 minutes. But you really want this whole presentation to be a 30-minute conversation. So if you're just standing talking, it's 10 minutes. But if you're having a conversation, it's going to be 30 minutes. So what's happening there is that that's where the candidate is tested on how he or she is going to engage in dialogue, get input from different board members, and, and go on from there versus just standing 
and presenting for 10 minutes. It's a choice point in how board assesses the candidates. Can they keep us engaged for 30 minutes, or is it a 10-minute listening for us? And Dina, you know, we get these questions. Well, should I should I put questions throughout the presentation to stretch it out to 30 minutes? Should I do this? A lot of people are looking for that kind of exact formula, right? Like step number one, step number two. And as you know, what we're trying to say is it, it's not so black and white like that. It's more the person that you are. Here's the general guidelines for you to, you know, presentation or not. And yeah, wrap it up within 30 minutes and that's your time. Make it yours, right? Do what you will. Absolutely. I like what you said earlier about being intentional in your preparation. Mm -hmm. You should have a good understanding of your vision. You should visualize what's going to happen there. And so whether you choose to use a a slide deck or, or not, it should be supplemental to what you communicate. It should fit you as an individual as well. Great thoughts. Another question I want to ask, what if I'm an internal candidate? How is the interview different? Is it different? Yeah, the interview can be very different, right? Usually you're a known quantity, right? Oh, you're you're James, right? Obviously we know you or you, the candidate James, you know, there's Susie, Jose, Maria, Jennifer, right? All those kinds of players. What we counsel internal candidates in is don't assume that there are no unanswered questions about your capability, right? Don't walk in there assuming that they know how great you are at all these different things. You might have to pitch them or remind them of this thing that was so important X amount of time or where you're going, et cetera. And also don't assume that there isn't an option for you to say, hey, I've been working for Jeff for 10 years, and obviously Jeff and I helped write this strategic plan, et cetera. Well, can I say that maybe over the next couple of years, I think we should take a little bit different track? You know, so sometimes internal candidates have that, that kind of question. If the board at the onset says, we want an exact clone of Jeff, that's one thing. If they say we want to take, you know, hire a leader that's going to take us to the next level, well, then that gives you a little bit more creative license and permission to say, you know, these things we've been doing have been great, and here's some things I think we need to consider moving forward. So I'm going to go back to your question, you know, what's it like if you're an internal candidate? I say prepare as if you're an external candidate, right? Come in that kind of ready, that kind of professionalism. Even though you saw them last night for the board meeting, right, or even last week, still go around and shake everyone's hand and say, thank you, Maria, for being here. Really appreciate this. Didi, what do you think from an internal candidate? Sure. In coaching internal candidates, especially if we have a long enough roadmap here, Peter, you know, instead of starting six months before we need a new CEO, we start two or three years out and start building internal candidates, which we love doing, and giving them a CEO readiness plan and the coaching to go with it. Somewhere in that whole cycle, uh, we ask the internal candidate to go have conversations with the board members and say, hey, as you know, I'm, I'm uh, really interested in being the next CEO. I'd love to get some candid feedback from you. What do you see as working? What do you see that I need to uh, polish up on? And we, we have found that when candidates do that, about 50% of the time they find out information they didn't know ahead of time and they get the job. But you've got to ask the question. It's kind of weird to do it. And, of course, your current CEO needs to 
know that's going on, but yeah, go ask that and listen and thank them for their feedback and then come back to us and share the news and we'll figure out how to give you that development or up your coaching program for it. But internal candidates definitely have heads up on what's going on in the organization that the external doesn't have. And we need to start earlier. We need to start a lot earlier than what some of our boards are doing. So that's kind of the education work that we're doing here as well in the industry. Start start early, two, three years out. Excellent. Now, whether I'm an internal candidate or not, perhaps I ask a question and the board gets real quiet and no one answers it. Might be a little awkward there. Mm-hmm. How do you handle that? Plan on it. It'll happen. Uh, with an internal candidate, it's probably less likely to happen unless there's a elephant in the room question that somebody just asked. Uh, and then the other thing with uh, internal candidates is sometimes the board will have a discharge of laughing and just be really clear, is that just fun or is it their way of not answering the question, i.e. avoiding the answer? You have to you have to uh, understand what's going on, but plan on it. Uh, so this is where an exemplary CEO candidate will just let the silence do the heavy lifting. Wait, I mean, 10 seconds might sound like a long time or 30 seconds, just wait and somebody will speak. Most often it's probably the chair. And then you listen, maybe dialogue a little bit, and then maybe someone else will chime in, or you can ask someone. You could go back to a bio of a board member and say, hey, Martha, I understand that you're involved with XYZ in the community, and what we're talking about relates to that. How do you want to weigh in, or what do you want to share uh, regarding your experience here? You know, so if you ask another question and you're concerned about the silence, you can uh, you can direct the question to one or two board members and you address them by name and they'll answer with that regard. So just plan on it. It's going to happen. <laughs> and let the, let the silence do the heavy lifting and see who steps forward. Good tactics. Interesting. Peter, I'm in the interview. What are some signs that the interview might be going pretty well? I think it's important, you know, your question just a moment ago, like, well, what if it's silence, right? I asked something and it, like a silence bomb just went off in the middle of the table. <laughs> that doesn't mean that it's going bad, right? It doesn't mean that it's going badly. That actually might mean that it's a good indication that, oh, you know, something provocative positively just got put out there. What we say is feel yourself, right? Are you, is your energy too up? Is your energy not enough? What is their energy like? Are they sitting back? Are they following up with other questions, right? Is there a back and forth dialogue, right? You might want to be looking to Didi. She's sitting in the background there and, hey, Didi, you know, give me a thumbs up. Am I doing okay? But she's, you know, she's doing her job and playing the neutral party there. Um, but, you know, you want, to, you want to be looking at the people and making that kind of connection. If you are finding yourself talking 90% of the time, it's not going well. If you're finding that they're asking you lots of like follow-up questions, you know that it's going well. So it's more an art or kind of a feeling as opposed to when this thing happens, it equals bad. It's not as linear as, as some people might like it to be. That makes sense. Didi, what should I do after the interview? Sure. I want to answer a little bit more, add on to what Peter said here. And, and he, 
he did it really well. And I'm just going to give an example of what a recent board did is they, they said after a candidate left, they self-observed that they were all leaning in to the candidate. They were leaning in, they were asking a lot of questions, and they were hungry. Good sign. If they're leaning into you, mm-hmm. that's awesome. So, so that's an art. It's not a technique. It's an art. Uh, it's more of the body leaning in. It's more of the energy. It's the energetic connection that you're getting from the board members. They don't want it to end, but they know they have to end it. After the interview, I would say within two to eight hours, send a thank you note. Send a thank you note to all the board members. Uh, If you don't have their direct email addresses, uh, send it to us. We'll forward it on right away. And I would say there's three pieces that you you, uh, articulate in that email. One is a deep sense of gratitude for the work that they're doing and um, the choice that they have to make. Um, Second is add a piece of information that maybe you didn't have a chance to explain or add on to some dialogue that was going on during the interview. So keep the conversation going, uh, albeit via an email. And three, come right out and say, I'm, I'm interested. I want to come back. I want to see you. I'd love to be your CEO. I want to know more. So you, you express that you're interested. So those are the three pieces that you want to do in the follow-up, short and sweet, concise and powerful. And at the end of the interview, the chair will guide you on here are the next steps. Typically, in in our situation, most of the boards will have a a decision right after the last interview or within a day or two. So that's what our boards do. Some boards will tell you, give us a week or give us uh, two weeks, because sometimes they need a little bit more time. But ours are pretty pretty quick to decide they're one, two, three, come back for second round interview. Wow, this is, I love this opportunity to connect with you today. This is how to smash a CEO interview. Great tips here. I think this will be an episode that people listen to once, but they'll come back and reference it again and share with others. So thank you for this opportunity. Before we close here today, Didi and Peter, is there anything else you want to add or a final summary statement here? Yeah, have fun with it. Don't take yourself too seriously. You know, just be authentic, but also realize even though you believe you're ready to be a CEO, as you started in the beginning here, James, you've never been CEO of this organization. So there's more to learn more to learn and be really clear, be really clear in expressing that your first three to six months, you're going to ask a lot of questions and you're going to deeply listen. And again, be authentic, but know that you have a lot to learn. Thank you. That's great. Yeah. I'll I'll throw on there, you know, have fun. As Didi said, have fun with it. Put your time and energy into it. Make sure that it feels like it's going to be a fun place to work. Make sure, and I don't mean fun like, bean bags and ping pong i mean you know like this is going to be a challenge worthwhile challenge for for me as an individual and i can see myself here for 10 years a lot of boards are not interested in hiring someone for three years they want to know that you are in it for the right reasons and that doesn't mean 25 years but it means probably more than three right so, you know, do your research, make sure that it's a right fit for you because there's nothing more dissatisfying and disheartening than getting a job that isn't the right fit for you. The boards, it's not good for the board, it's not good for you, your family, the staff, etc. And it's okay to say no, and it's okay to ask some hard questions. So, yeah, have fun with it, make sure it's the right fit. Dee Dee and Peter, it is always a joy connecting with you. 
Thank you for connecting with our Q's podcast listeners. Thank you for taking time out of your day. It's been wonderful. Thank you, James. Q's Podcast Nation, thank you so much for making this show part of your day. Thank you for sharing this episode with your team. We hope it serves as a great resource for you. Anytime you would like to reach out to me and other members of the Q's Podcast team, it's pretty easy. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach us by emailing us directly at podcast at Q's.org. Creating and sustaining a healthy organization is not easy. From the inside, it might appear all is well, but an outside perspective can reveal the potential for more. Q Solutions provider DDJ Myers will help you build on current talents, values, and vision for optimal organizational fitness. You can benefit from their expertise in succession planning, strategic planning, executive coaching, board governance, recruitment, and renewal. Let me share the best resource for you to connect. Please visit cues.org slash ddj. Again, that's cues.org slash ddj. For more talent development content from cues, visit cumanagement.com. If you're a cues member, you have access to invaluable membership benefits to further enhance your development. Visit cues.org slash membership to learn more. Q's is an international credit union association. Our mission is to educate and develop credit union CEOs, executives, directors, and future leaders. To learn how Q's can help you realize your potential, visit Q's.org today.